You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more. She seems just fine to me. No more. She should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lagging, baby? What's crack a lagging? It's time for the serious side of the James Brown Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. British Prime Minister Theresa May is making the case for the Brexit deal that European Union leaders agreed to during their meeting in Brussels today. The deal we have agreed today unlocked the bright future for the UK. Outside the EU, we will be able to strike new trade deals around the world and open up new markets in the world's fastest growing economies. We will be able to focus our energies on the many other important matter, issues that matter to the British people at home, creating more good jobs and spreading prosperity more widely. They spoke after the EU formally endorsed the 600-page treaty that lays out the terms of the UK's exit this March, echoing other EU leaders who describe it as the best and only possible deal. May says the British Parliament will vote on it before Christmas, but a yes vote is far from certain. Mexico's incoming government is disputing a Washington Post report that it has reached an agreement with the Trump administration on asylum policy. The incoming interior minister, Olga Sanchez, says there is no agreement allowing migrants to stay in Mexico while their asylum claims are processed. The Post quoted Sanchez yesterday as calling such a deal a short-term solution. House Democrats are voting this week on who should lead their party in 2019. NPR's Kelsey Snell reports a closed-door vote is the first step in picking the next Speaker of the House. Nancy Pelosi is running to reclaim the Speaker's gavel after eight years as minority leader in the House. 
Pelosi and two of her current top deputies, Jim Clyburn of South Carolina and Steny Hoyer of Maryland, are all running for top jobs in the next Congress. All three are also unopposed for now, but some Democrats are working to oust Pelosi in particular to make way for a set of new leaders. The secret ballot vote is the first step in the leadership election process. The final speaker vote will happen during an open session on the House floor in January. Kelsey Snell, NPR News, the Capitol. Today is one of the busiest days of the year for the nation's airports, with more than 3 million Americans expected to fly, according to the industry group Airlines for America. NPR's David Chaper reports that travelers can expect long lines at check-in kiosks, magic claims, and at security checkpoints. The TSA is adding more staff and new screening equipment to help reduce airport security wait times. But industry experts say it's not just the large number of people flying that clogs up terminals. During the holidays, you only get people who fly once a year instead of people who fly every single week. Charlie Lioka of the group Travelers United says inexperienced flyers often don't know where to go, what to do, and what they can and cannot bring through security. So you have a different mix of passengers, and it just makes everything more difficult at the airport, and it slows all the lines down, including TSA lines, check-in lines, and so on. Lioka urges travelers to plan ahead, arrive early, and be extra patient. David Schaefer, NPR News. And you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. Senator Hyde-Smith, the video in which you reference a public hanging has received national criticism and attention. You have released a statement in which you say that any attempt to turn it into a negative connotation is ridiculous. What is the positive connotation and are you willing to explain and or apologize tonight? Now to the latest on a Harris County juvenile judge under investigation after he reportedly released nearly all of the children that appeared before him the day after he lost re-election. In order to cooperate and to avoid charges, I would have to make phone calls, monitored phone calls, which they would listen into and record, and I might have to wear a wire and go see people actually in person. Shots fired! Shots fired! It was the lethal end to a low-speed chase. It started in DeKalb County, Tennessee, 70 miles east of Nashville. Michael Dial led deputies on a 50-mile-per-hour chase. His alleged crime? Driving with a suspended license. President Trump said today he is sticking by Saudi Arabia even after the CIA concluded the Saudi crown prince ordered the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, a U.S. resident. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Miss Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, Mr. Elias, and the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best, of course, like the man says, my name is Jay Ryle. Welcome back from a... Hopefully you guys had a very festive Thanksgiving break. Uh, We're glad to be back in the house doing what we do best, 
right here on the TGRS Radio Network. And of course, as always, you can reach us 347-850-1272-347-850-1272. What a way to officially kick off the Christmas season. Holidays are here. Hope you guys are having a wonderful time, and I hope you were able to spend some quality time with family and friends because that's what Thanksgiving is all about. But as usual, I'm never here by myself. I have some of the best in the business, folks. Let's bring them in here. First up, she is one of my dearest friends. She's my big sister. Just gonna call her what she is. Uh, she's also my colleague for the Jay Rouse Show, and I affectionately call her Vanessa Maybelli from. The Macanelli. Let's bring her in. Good morning, Vanessa. Happy holidays. How are you? I love you, Jay. Good morning. Happy holidays to you. But how am I your big sister? Am I older than you? <laughs> uh, yes, you are. <laughs> okay. My birthday is Okay, don't forget that. You, you are definitely uh, my big sis. But, hey, listen, I love you so much, and I'm glad you're here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope you enjoyed your holidays. And, uh, you know, we, I'm ready. I mean, we have a lot to talk about this morning, just a lot to get into. So thank you for being here. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. You know him, guys. He's the one that really runs everything around here. There he is. What's going on, Mr. L? How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, and good morning, Nessa. How you doing, baby? Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. Listen to this guy here. What, man? Am I not supposed to be happy to have Nessa's voice? Well, you, you should be happy. I mean, everyone's festive. Yeah. We stay gone for a week or so, and everyone's happy to be around each other. I mean, that's a true sign of love, because uh, that's how it is. So, Mr. Elias, man, how was your uh, holiday weekend, my friend? Oh man, it was it was busy. I just got in this morning. I just drove in from Indianapolis this morning, so it was good. It was a good time. Good time. I went to Louisville, Cincinnati, then Indianapolis. Boom, just like that. And I'm Ooh, still you rolling. busy. Yeah, okay. yeah, I had to. Yep, I had to. Yep. Here's what it is. What's well, good? It's here. Well, you know, listen, you know, and, and of course, everyone who loves this guy talks about, you know, look, we, we want more Johnny D. You know, where is he? You know what? This morning, folks, you are blessed and privileged because the man himself is in the house, Mr. Johnny D. So no resident texter this morning. You will hear the man's voice live, live, all the way live. There he is, my little brother. What's going on, man? How are you? Good morning. And how was your how was your uh, Thanksgiving holiday? I tell you, the holidays were, were were full of opportunity to to give thanks and to be with family, and that's always a good thing. And um, certainly missed last week. Uh, I always enjoy listening to what's going on in America and having an opportunity to chime in from time to time. Uh, Mr. Les and Mr. Messer, certainly appreciate the opportunities I've had not to to work with you all. So again, looking forward to this great show this morning. Good morning, John. Good morning. Absolutely. Once again, folks, number three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. The world famous chat room should be open because Mr. Elias is he's the man like that. And of course, we're monitoring all the social media sites that we monitor throughout the show. Miss Kathleen Williams, uh, she is preaching this morning. So good luck, Kathleen. If you come back and listen to the show in the archives, she won't be here this morning. And of course, our uh, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his commitment. We're Clear Channel Radio, but until then, we hold it down. Once again, one more time, three four seven. 850-1272. A lot to get into this morning. Let me break it down for you. First up, we're going to talk about 
this uh, Cindy Hyde um, Smith. Smith. Comments that she yeah. made a couple of weeks ago. We're going to talk about that this morning. Uh, also, second set, one of our favorite uh, bits, uh, YTP. Your thoughts, please, where we try to tackle as many topics in one segment uh, that we can. And we have some good ones in the queue this morning. And, of course, we'll end the show. Uh, the third set will be the fact that the USA, this country in which we reside, we are and we have to say we because, look, this is our country, regardless who sits at the top. We're defending what happened with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia who ordered. The CIA said this guy ordered the assassination of the Washington Post journalist saying, guess what our president is doing? He is defending Saudi Arabia. His numbers are whack. They're lies. We're going to expose all that for you this morning. All right, let's get into it. Public hangings. You know, the bottom line is that Cindy Hyde Smith was caught on the mic saying that she would send our ten. She was sent on the front row of a public hanging if she was invited. Now, listen, she's from where's she from, Mr. Elias? What state is that again? Mississippi. Mississippi. And so now think about it. Think about it now. Say, say that one more time. She's from the great state of what, Mr. Elias? Mississippi, Mississippi. And, and think about the history of Mississippi. Mississippi has some of the has you know, as far as a nation, you think about this, they have so many unresolved freaking crimes from lynchings back in the sixties. So for her to say this, and she don't see anything wrong with what she said. Matter of fact, let me play her response when she was asked about this during a debate. Let's listen to what she had to say. We'll get into the topic. Online radio at its best. Senator Hyde Smith, the video in which you reference a public hanging has received national criticism and attention. You have released a statement in which you say that any attempt to turn it into a negative connotation is ridiculous. What is the positive connotation, and are you willing to explain and or apologize tonight? You know, at a campaign event, I had the opportunity to visit with a supporter who has a big piece of my heart. See, his mother and dad both died when he had of cancer when he was in high school. So, so to express my deep regard and my sincere commitment to this young man, I used a phrase. I told him that I would fight a circle saw for him. Well, obviously, I would not stick my arm in a circle saw, nor did any of my comments ever mean that I would enjoy any type of capital punishment sitting there witnessing this. You know, for anyone that was offended for my, by my comments, I certainly apologize. There was no ill will, no intent whatsoever in my statements. In nearly 20 years of service, of being your state senator, your commissioner of agriculture, and your U.S. senator, I have worked with all Mississippians. It didn't matter their skin color type, their age, or their income. That's my record. There has never been anything, not one thing in my background to ever <clears throat> indicate I had ill will toward anyone. I've never been hurtful to anyone. I've always tried to help everyone. I also recognize that this comment was twisted and it was turned into a weapon to be used against me, a political weapon used for nothing but personal and political gain by my opponent. That's the type of politics Mississippians are sick and tired of. Online radio at its best. 
that was a response. Uh, now, this is the same woman that was caught on camera wearing a Confederate flag uh, uh, hat, but that was her response. So once again, now let me start with you, Mr. Elias. First of all, that response, or, or when she answered the question, at the, you, just give me your thoughts on that whole thing, because you're laughing. I'm pretty sure you have thoughts. What say you in regards to what we just played in this whole situation as a whole? But 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 the bottom line is this, Jay. Come on, your response is you told a man you stick your hand to a, a, a saw, and that's your that that's your that's your <laughs> that's your rebuttal. How about I'm sorry? How about how about it should have never been said? How about it's insensitive to to the people that have still that are still having you know relatives that have been hung? How about Mississippi is, is still a, a very racist state? And you know damn well what you were saying and sending a dog whistle out. Just be honest about it. This is what I'm doing. You know, you vote with Donald Trump. You are with Donald Trump. You always said you Donald Trump is your guy. So, hey, go with Donald Trump and be a racist like you are. Just stand up and be proud to be a racist. Why don't you just say that? I'm a racist. And you, you're still going to get votes in Mississippi. It's not going to stop it. Mississippi, Mississippi don't care. These, these, these are, I mean, they're, they're going to vote for you because that's Mississippi. That's what they are. They they like racism. They love racism. It's what they're about. So stand up and be proud. Don't don't deny it. Don't run from it. Because no black folks are gonna vote for well, some black folks. I vote for you. Maybe one or two, but not many. Uh, you know, Vanessa. Um, you know, uh, they did it. Uh, they they uh, interviewed uh, uh, voters in Mississippi, and uh, a lot of the voters are still voting for this woman uh, that are Republican, and uh, their reasons is because she's a conservative. So it really doesn't matter, you know, what she says or you know how she reacts or you know her just the way she conducts her business. There are people in this state, in that state, I should say, who's going to vote for. Her. So what say you about her response and uh, just this overall situation about making these comments? How we live in a country where making these comments are okay. I mean, it's fine. I mean, we, you know, no problem. We'll make these comments, and there's no repercussions from it. We'll say it, and, you know, and she's not backing down. What say you? I just think it was, it was strange that at the same time you were playing that audio, the Joy Show on TV was playing the same like audio and they're having the same conversation right now about the same topic on her show. Great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. (laughs) That's what they're talking about right now on her show. But I just, you know what, Jay, none of that surprises me. Uh, I just left Louisiana. Uh, So you know that those are some of the racist backwoods people that you want to meet. It's just so... Okay. When Obama was in office, Obama brought out peace and happiness and love and joy and all colors are the same and everybody is alike. Trump come in office and it is, I'm rich and I'm a racist and you're poor and you're a minority. So he brings out the worst in people because he makes it all right. Do you understand what I'm saying? He makes it all right to be a racist. So the racists are really coming out. And you know what? For her being Mississippi and being open racist, she's going to do fine. She's going to be fine. It doesn't happen to her. What? Well, well, but see, you know, Johnny D. Now she said something that I want to. I wanted to get your remarks uh, on what we heard. Plus, but I want to add something in there because she said something about what President Obama brought out 
Um, you know, a part of me, you know, and I've said this on the show a thousand times, that, you know, the election of President Barack Obama, what would it reveal? And is it a situation where we will see the goodness of America or will it show its true colors and the racial undertones and the, just the hatred that this country was built on? And, and, you know, and a part of me is saying, yeah, President Obama may have been preaching hope and change, but a lot of people blame President Obama for the rise of Donald Trump. Because what it did was it brought out some of the worst elements of this country. So, you know, you can take any question or you can respond to anyone. You can respond to uh, to uh, Hyde Smith's uh, response to when she was asked a question about public hangings, or you can, you know, you can uh, elaborate about what I just said about President Obama. What say you? Or both? Well, I tell you what, Jay, I, I'm never one that's lost a word, so I'll probably comment on on both, there you go. that's okay. Um, it's okay, sir. You know, I I, I, I kind of go back to to some earlier comments that I made throughout the show in regards to this Trump era. I'm, I'm one who believes that the God that I serve makes no mistake. So this time that we're having to deal with the Trump regime, I clearly believe that it is the results of the rejection of President Obama. So... Again, what we're facing here in America is simply because of, of, of that denial, that rejection of a man who could have brought and really did bring in his time some togetherness. And it's amazing how, how quickly, you know, the American public will forget because now you have this divisiveness. So I think President Obama is not necessarily the cause of Donald Trump, but it is the rejection of President Obama. And this is the aftermath and the after effect of, uh, again, the, the devil kills and destroys, and he seeks that out. And, and Donald Trump has certainly been imminent in, in his attempts to do so. Um, as far as uh, Hyde Smith, um, I can't even give her a title of, of, of miss on this here. Uh, it, it is amazing how a state, um, you know, I did some research on this a couple of weeks ago when. Uh, I think I texted this to you, or somehow or another we shared this information. And you know, Mississippi is the second has the second highest African American population in the union. So to think that you know, they're looking at having first. a runoff. No, uh, D, well they have D.C. Uh, even though D.C. isn't considered oh, okay. a state, they've got D.C. Gotcha. listed first, and then of course Mississippi is is the second right. uh, as far as the state listed. So you would think that. Uh-huh there would have been some Caucasian voters who would have saw the purity of, of this man and his actions and, and the, the racist remarks of, of this young lady here. But to think that it's a runoff still means that there is a high populace of either African-Americans who aren't voting or that there is a, a, a large group of Caucasian voters in the state of Mississippi who's comfortable and in, in making sure that this division and divisiveness remains. So... It, it's uh, it's an interesting topic, interesting subject. The blatantness of it is is almost hilarious. But then again, this is the era in which we're in. I mean, you see it um, in, in our episodes when we talk about you know uh, DWB and, and and all the rest of it. You know, it, it it's just that era in America where people are just out and up front, and they want you to know what their beliefs are, whether it be that they're extremists, they're racist, they're um, homophobic. Uh, 
whatever it might be, they want you to know that I'm here and they don't mind shouting it out and, and being bold and brash about it no matter how wrong it may be. You're absolutely correct about that. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's twenty three minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rob Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio uh, at its best. Uh, you, you know, listen. We talked about this young lady, and we talk about how you know these people are blatant with their responses and things of that nature. Like you mentioned, Mississippi is now going into a runoff, and so you know, I, I guess we should feel happy about that. I'm not sure. You know, what happens here, you know, who goes where, Mr. Elias, once these things kick off. Um, so do you think that, you know, Mike Exby would have some type of, do you think he'll have a chance? Because, listen, you know, we got Alabama, and we won Alabama by a very thin margin because of the fact that this guy was a, uh, he was a, you know, considered, uh, I guess, a pedophile, I guess. I mean, you know, listen, if you're dating teenage girls when you're 30 years old, and then your remarks are, you know, your justification for doing is doing this is saying, well, the parents gave permission. I mean, real whoop de doo But you know what? Once again, that was a situation where, you know, Doug Jones still inked that out. So even though you have all this baggage, you have a, you had a candidate who had all this baggage, uh, you know, <laughs> the Democrat inked it out because, you know, once again, there are people out there who are saying, we don't believe what, you know, we don't believe this nonsense. This is some leftist liberal you know, attempt to smear a candidate, but yet still at the end of the day, the right thing happened. So when you think about this whole runoff thing, do you think SB has a chance, Mr. Elias? I think he has a real good chance, Jay. It's just that if if, if people don't get out and vote, (laughs) you know, like I said, you got to vote your interest, man. And, and, And black folks should be standing in line right now to vote, really. You know, because they'll find a way to they'll find a way to suppress the vote. They'll find a way to do whatever they can to block the black folks vote. The black folks. So, uh, I think he has a real good chance. I do. I mean, I think all of if, if any indication, the lady, the lady, the one lady I watched on MSNBC said she would like to she would like to take uh, uh, Smith and just thump her in the head. You know, just just to get it out the way. So I think she has a real good shot. I mean, I think he has a real good shot. I think Espy has a real good shot. At it. Yeah, speaking of Mike Espy, here's here's his response to what uh, Hyde, Hyde Smith has said. Here's his response. Online radio at its best. Those comments that we heard uh, that were published yesterday are very disappointing. They're uh, they're they're hurtful and they're harmful. They're 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 hurtful to the Mississippians. Who are who who are, are people of goodwill, and they're harmful because they tend to reinforce the stereotypes that have held back our state for so long, and that have cost us jobs and have harmed our economy. I mean, this is 2018. Uh, we're going here in Mississippi into the third decade of the 21st century, and we just should not have this. Online radio at its best. I agree with him wholeheartedly. All right, so listen. Um, Good show. Show started off with a bang. We love it. Uh, now, in this week's edition, in four, in this week's edition, in four minutes or less, something that you need to know. Like I said at the top, the Christmas season is officially kicked off. Even though in most cases the Christmas season kicked off back in August, I saw Christmas displays on Walmart back in August. But you know, I've digressed. But anyway, there's this age-old thing about: Do you go real or do you go fake? Real Christmas tree or a fake Christmas tree? Let's see what the people are thinking. 
Here's this week's edition in four minutes or less, something that you need to know. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. We're glad to be back. Talk to you in a few. People who buy Christmas trees have a choice, real or fake. The companies selling each type of tree are trying to convince consumers that theirs is better. Anna King of the Northwest News Network reports on the online ad campaigns they're waging. That smell, that wonderful, fresh Christmas tree smell. The Christmas tree farm industry will spend more than a million dollars this year asking you to keep it real. It's Christmas! Keep it real! It's like the Got Milk campaign. These online videos are developed and paid for by tree growers. The whole program is overseen by the USDA. One of those growers is about an hour south of Portland, Oregon, Casey Grogan. His crews are working to cut and ship about 60,000 Christmas trees in just 10 days. Grogan's is one of several commercial Christmas tree farms in the foothills of Oregon's Cascade Mountains. He's lived here his whole life, but even some of his lifelong friends in town kind of scoff at it and uh, ask them, you know, what are you doing? Come on, you know, <laughs> you're an outdoors person. How come you have an artificial tree? They usually tell him it's just easier. And the artificial tree industry is telling everybody that too. Real or artificial, there's no bad choice when it comes to picking out the perfect Christmas tree for your family this season. Think about things like rice point and seasonal allergies when picking out your tree this year. That's an online video from the American Christmas Tree Association, based in L.A. We're very agnostic when it comes to Christmas trees. We do believe that it's a personal choice. Jamie Warner says her association represents manufacturers and retailers of real and artificial trees. And she insists all Christmas trees are good Christmas trees. But when it comes to artificial ones, she's up on all the trends. There's new technology on artificial trees. They're better than ever. The trees can come pre-fluffed. They're flip trees and snap trees that assemble in seconds, and they can look remarkably real. The organization says people snapped up more than 21 million plastic trees in the U.S. last year. Her association's operating budget is under $200,000, but some big artificial tree companies are doing their own marketing. For example, this season, the artificial tree company Balsam Hill is sponsoring the Hallmark Channel and the holiday tour of the singer-songwriter Jewel. So tree growers continue to answer back with their own online videos. Years from now, which do you think you'll remember the best? Assembling an artificial tree you pulled from the attic or going out as a family to select the right tree for you. Or, as farmer Casey Grogan would say, You want your kids to grow up with a fake tree and a fake life? We know where he stands on it. Behind that frustration is the market share the artificial tree industry has already won. Even his local farm supply store, just down the road, has started to sell fake trees. For Grogan, it means uncertainty. It takes about a decade for his noble furs to grow. And because so many people buy artificial trees now, this year hard for him to estimate how many to plant. For NPR News, I'm Anna King.
Today, about one in five Americans is living with a disability. Over 50 million people, including many of our friends and neighbors, teachers and co-workers, heroes and leaders. 20 years ago, the Americans with Disabilities Act guaranteed every person the right to live, work, and participate fully in the American experience. We've come a long way since then, and we are committed to making even more progress in the years ahead. Visit disability.gov to see how you can help. I tell you what, um, and what we do on YTP, uh, Your Thoughts, Please, is we try to tackle as many topics as we can within a very short segment. So let's, uh, the smartest man in the world is joining us, my main man, Mr. Jerome Street. What's going on, Jerome, man? How are you, sir? Hey, what up, Jay? Stop, stop taking me out of the like that, Did you have boy. a good holiday? Hey, what now? Good, man. It was good. <laughs> good, good. It's always good to hear your voice. The man is in the house now. The show is completed. We can move on. All right. It is time for your thoughts, please. YTP, here's our first topic for this morning. Online radio at its best. It's divorce number three for Rudy Giuliani, New York City's former mayor. And at a hearing today, it became clear that things are taking a nasty turn. Giuliani and his estranged wife are battling over a half million dollars a month in expenses. CBS 2's Tony Aiello is here now with uh, some of the eye-popping details. Tony? Dana, how about $2,000 a month for cigars, maintenance on six homes, multiple country club memberships, and a demand for $63,000 a month in spousal support. The hearing in divorce court lifting the curtain on big spending with estranged wife Judy Nathan claiming Giuliani is playing poor while lavishing spending money on a new girlfriend that should be coming to her. I would like to introduce my wife, Mrs. Giuliani. <laughs> Fifteen years after a wedding at Gracie Mansion performed by Mayor Bloomberg, it is Splitsville for Rudy and Judy and a court battle over how to divide the riches he's earned since leaving City Hall. He wants to give her as little money as possible and she wants to get as much money as possible. It's pretty usual. Bonnie Rabin is considered a top divorce lawyer. She's not involved in the case. Rabin says Judy Nathan's demands don't seem out of line given the millions Giuliani earns as a lawyer and consultant. Nathan wants 63000 a month in spousal support and demands Giuliani pay expenses for homes in Palm Beach and Southampton, salary for her personal assistant, and bills for her elderly mother in assisted living. It's not atypical for, uh, for a, uh, an attorney or a spouse to say, if he's spending this amount of money on his luxuries, why does my lifestyle have to change right now? Nathan's lawyer claims Giuliani spent $900,000 on personal expenses over a six-month period, including 12 grand on cigars and more than 7K on writing pens. A lawyer for Giuliani points out his income dropped because he's defending President Trump for free, from $9.5 million in 2017 to an estimated $5 million this year. Nathan's attorney accused Giuliani of claiming sudden income deficiency syndrome. It often depends on how angry they are and what they're angry about. Two smart people should be able to sit down and work this out. Online radio at its best. 
Jerome in the house. Jerome, <laughs> the mayor of the great city, the former mayor of the great city of New York. Uh, what are you saying about old Giuliani, man? Is this a situation where they reap what they sow? You get in bed with dogs, you come up with fleas. What's up with that? Well, first of all, the most disturbing thing about that story was that Bloomberg married them, which says something yeah, to me about Bloomberg. Yeah, that threw me off, too. <laughs> the most disturbing thing about that. If they're all still uh, friends, then we can't trust none of them. The Bloomberg <laughs> need to be out. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm, but, you, you, I'm with you on that. Hey, <sighs> but at, at the same time, we're talking Giuliani. The guy who married his first cousin then divorced his wife while he was still mayor and announced it in a wow. press conference. So, sure did. Yeah, so what do you, what do you want to do with that dude? <laughs> you said, said enough said. <laughs> what, hey. what about you, Johnny D? What do you think about Big this old, dude, man? This you. is his third marriage, too. Jeez. Oh, I tell you, uh, interesting. Like I say, those, those numbers seem to be kind of elevated, but when it's all said and done, you know, we, no one really knows what his personal finances are, but I can't take... I can't see it happening to a better person. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, the love for Giuliani, let's just mean. make it. Oh, my God, y'all are mean. Go ahead. <laughs> what, what about you, Vanessa? I was about to go to you. I'm interested in what you have y'all to say about this. Y'all mean. Talk about I can't see it happening to a better person. <laughs> <laughs> Your comments, please. With him. Your thoughts, please. Good morning, Jerome. Hey, good morning. And remember, we're talking about Giuliani. We're not talking about being mean. We're talking about Giuliani. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I have no love for him at all. But it's just like three times. I wonder how much his alimony payments and stuff. My God. <laughs> you nuts. Mr. Elias, your thoughts, I would love to have a twenty payout. <laughs> Boy, man, like I, I gotta agree with Johnny D. It couldn't happen to a better person. Look, man, this this is the same guy that that defends Donald Trump to no end. And knows, you know, come on, man. Look, this dude, if he's broke, then I'm broke, okay? He's got a little money, man. I know he's got some somewhere, man. I know he does. Yeah. But, it's amazing oh. the amount of money these people have, man. This is not, you know, when you think of, when you, they start throwing these numbers around, it just makes you sick. I mean, really, where, where is he making his money from? Wait a minute. Oh, my God. They're making crooked, nice. Jay, and they're making deals under the table. That's right. Yeah. And plus, you can't claim that you don't have no money. Because you defended some guy that don't allow you to make money. That's like saying, um, I I quit my job so I ain't have to play alimony. You can't, you can't blame your lost income because of mistakes that you made, and now you don't want to pay her. People go through that all the time in divorce and say, hey, I lost my job. I had to do whatever. And the judge says, uh, well, go do what you got to do. You got kids. They just send you out there and get another job. <laughs> so stop defending Trump. Okay, that was a little mean state of Vanessa on that one, but I'm just saying. No, I Tell the truth, y'all. Tell the truth. <laughs> hey, that, that's what I would do. We say that to poor people oh, all the time. Tell them to get another job. I know. Yep, there you go. Go to jail. He's no different than anybody right. else. I agree with you. All right, here's another one. Online radio at its best. Shots fired! Shots fired! It was the lethal end to a low-speed chase. It started in DeKalb County, Tennessee, 70 miles east of Nashville. Michael Dial led deputies on a 50-mile-per-hour chase. His alleged crime? Driving with a suspended license. When he crossed over into White County, deputies there rammed his truck and trailer, trying to force him off the road. 
When it didn't work, White County Sheriff Odie Shoup issued an order that his dispatcher relayed to deputies. 259, Reserve Deputy Adam West, who was driving his personal vehicle, drew his weapon. And as deputies spun the suspect out of control, Deputy West fired. Repeatedly. Michael Dial died after being shot in the head. He was unarmed. When Sheriff Shoup arrived at the scene, he was caught on a deputy's body camera saying this. I told him, I said, take him out. I heard, uh, damn, I don't give a Dial's family is suing, alleging the sheriff preferred to shoot and kill Mr. Dial rather than risk damaging his patrol cars. I said, we'll ram him. I said, don't, don't ram him, shoot him. That's I'm going to turn my cars up. They don't think I'll give a damn water to kill that mother they pull the And then the sheriff added this. I love this God. I, I tell you what, I thrive Sheriff Shoup, who's been in office for 12 years, has decided not to run for re-election. He wasn't at home today when we knocked, and his office staff said he was out of town. The day of the shooting, the sheriff seemed unfazed as the deputy who shot Dial looked emotional. If I made the decision, you don't have to worry about it. I took that away from y'all. You don't have to worry about nothing. I finally got the sheriff on the phone tonight. He told me I have nothing to say, and then he hung up. Jeff, the local district attorney, says that the driver in this case put the lives of the public in danger. And so because of that, the DA says the shooting was justified. All right, David Begno in Tennessee tonight. David, thank you. Online radio at its best. All right, so uh, you know, this disturbing uh, story uh, out of Tennessee, and, and here's the thing. Now, listen, the driver was white that they shot and killed, but it really doesn't matter because when, when you think about it, you know, this was a low-speed chase, 50 miles per hour. You know, if you look at the video, the guy was hauling a, uh, a bed of uh, a junk. I guess this guy collected junk or whatever the case may be. And they shot and killed this man. But, Mr. Elias, I think the thing that's more disturbing and what I want to focus on here is just the callous and just the non. This guy was so nonchalant about what had happened. You know, I mean, it, it almost sounded like it was something from the, the movie Mississippi Burning. I mean, it's just, it's frightening to think that you have people like this in power. This guy's a sheriff. You know what he said? Take him out. I, you know, I don't want this... SOB damaging my patrol cars? Let's see you. Your thoughts, please. Well, wow. You know something, man? It, it, it's the same narrative, man, that we have experienced for so many, so so many of these cases, man. And it's sick. It's, it's it's frightening and it's sickening. You know, wonder why you know the NFL player, player, players are kneeling. This, I mean, come on, really? You can have you can have white people point their guns at the police. I've seen videos where they pointed guns to the police. They ran up on them, they done stuff to the police, and they still didn't shoot them. You this know? guy was white, Mr. Elias. I wanted to make sure this was a white guy they killed. So. Oh, was it? This no, guy was a white. The driver was white, yeah. Well, it still was ridiculous for them to, to, yeah. to, to place a um, place a, uh, their car with somebody's life, man. That was just totally ridiculous. You don't put somebody's life in jeopardy, man, over a over a vehicle, man. It, it, it tells you that the the the, uh, the, the uh, our, our priorities are very misconstrued and and it's just ridiculous to hurt somebody over a car. No, don't don't ram, shoot them. Wow, and they and they call that justified shooting, huh? That's the first. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. 
think to Jerome where you know because listen now the DA's office gets all the facts they looked at the videos and when you look at the video okay this guy was driving 50 miles per hour man and and, and they shot and, and this and, you know here it is these renegade cops this guy was an off-duty police officer but if you saw the video it's this big old black pickup truck with police lights on it you know he's a police officer 24 7 and he rams he runs up on this guy they hit him they make him go into a spin and then this guy just comes out shooting he gets out of his truck and he starts firing he don't even give the guy an opportunity to surrender and it really doesn't matter because it's just the fact that they feel that they this was a because he had a suspended driver's license. Are you kidding me? Your thoughts, please. Wow. Yeah, let's go back to um, Bill Clinton and Contract Out America and Newt Gingrich. They actually changed laws in this country that elevated things that were regular speeding tickets. They changed them or, or violations broken mirror, taillights, they changed it back then to say that you can get arrested for those things. So, their excuse now is, if I pull you over, it's always a dangerous situation for a police officer. Because we went through a time in this country that police were treated like everybody their mama was gunning after police officers, where that's never happened. But every time it happens, we overly elevate our concern for everybody um, who's public service. Now, there's rightfully so cases where it's very dangerous to be a police officer, but we did this. So now police are shooting out of their window with their eyes closed, talking about, I, I think my life was in danger, and they're just randomly shooting people. And now you got people like the sheriff who's gun-ho about it, that those dudes should be thrown in jail. So now we need to overcorrect that. We need to pass laws that said that if you commit homicide as a police officer, you're getting charged, and we're voiding your police union contract. Because what, what's going on is that they're saying these are these are justifications that a police can hide under when they shoot somebody. We need to get rid yep. of that. We need to get rid of it. Your butt becomes a citizen. Soon, when you're off duty, you're not a policeman anymore. Because if they don't know how to handle themselves off-duty, we can't give them the same police protection off-duty just because they, you know, if you work at Burger King and you go visit a Burger King, you can't go back and make fries. So technically, when you're off-duty, you're off-duty. You don't get to be deputized just because you are, you are in that field. Because they're killing people. So we need to do some, you know, make some drastic actions because of that. Can, can I make yeah. a comment? Yeah, Vanessa. Absolutely, I'm coming to you next. Okay, you know, yes. I, I totally agree with you on that, Jerome, but you know, it's, especially in Houston, I know, there are a lot of police officers that when they are off duty, they can go and live in apartment complexes, condos, and that kind of stuff for a discounted price because they know that they, the police car will show and help fight crime. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a, it, it, in Houston, there are a lot of discounts when you wear the uniform, because they know when you're off, it will just show that there's some kind of police presence. So they offer a lot of discounts and stuff for people in Houston when they're off duty and they are an HPD officer. Just saying. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree that when you're off duty, you shouldn't be sitting there shooting up people and all of that. But what if somebody was getting raped, mugged, or killed, and that person was off duty and they helped? Or if they did nothing, people would be like, why you didn't do nothing to help? So it's like a 
no, but, but you're right. You're right. So that's why, you know, I'm saying that we can do this with discretion. They, they do that here as well. It, it is kind of a deterrent, and we encourage that, you know. So when, you, you, you know, even when I'm doing campaigns, the, the issue is that police officers, whether they're working at sporting events or whatever, and they're off-duty, they're allowed to sometimes drive the cars, sometimes wear their uniforms as a deterrent. But when you are off-duty, you can't involve yourself in an active situation where other police officers are involved because you don't get, like, okay, so say you're working at a grocery yeah. store and you see somebody get robbed, of course you should intervene. Of course if you see somebody get raped, you should intervene. If you see somebody steal a bag of potato chips, then you can, you, you can assist but you are not to use any kind of force because just like the law that was put in place because of Sears, Sears and Robot, you, Robot years ago, um, they created this law because of Sears in Chicago. Some woman stole something and they had bouncer like security guards and they beat her badly. What? That's why in, in that's why right now in department stores they have to call the regular police even if they have security. They cannot put their hands on you. They're not supposed to even touch you. We have federal laws for that now because of what happened with Sears. So sometimes you have to do drastic stuff so people start hiring actual police officers because your security guards cannot touch you. They can detain you, but once you leave outside of the store, they can't even touch you. They're really not supposed to even pursue you. That's why when people steal out of Walmart, they'll chase them, but they can't touch them outside of the store because you have to call a real police officer because of what happened at Sears. So we have to do the same thing. When you're a police officer and you're off duty, you cannot engage or discharge your weapon unless uh, under certain criteria is made. And it cannot be in the process of something that's considered a misdemeanor or a low felony. Now, if it's rape, murder, somebody shoots at you, that's different. But you can't say, hey, I see you got into the club free. We think you stole something. You cannot draw your weapon. We need to be, you just have uh, to or you're getting charged. It's just so sexy, really. Okay. You yeah, it, it's, it's, it's sickening. <laughs> it, it, it's sickening. And the guy, and the guy didn't even have a weapon. And the guy didn't even have a, uh, he didn't even have a firearm. He was unarmed. Johnny D, what, what, what your thoughts, please, on this thing? Well, this is the first that I'm, I'm hearing about the story. And certainly, uh, with that being said, I won't necessarily expound on the, the, the circumstances in great detail, but I am concerned about the huckleberry mentality of the sheriff um, and his yeah. candid uh, bravado in regards to, you know, how he basically discounted a human life for, for equipment is what it basically boils down to. But then look at how he dismisses one that he leads, okay? Uh, this is one of his, his deputies. And he dismisses his emotional trauma as described within the, the, the segment uh, to the point where, okay, you don't have to worry about this. You know, I made the call on it, but you didn't pull the trigger. So this is a scar that the deputy has to live with because obviously you got some overzealous uh, sheriff who decides that he wants to, you know, rule by, by, by iron hand. And I'm, I'm surprised at the, the district attorney's decision not the file charges because clearly when when I'm listening to the segment, if, if it's authentic, <clears throat> there is some some credentials that oftentimes are, are symbols where the general public can can 
determine what an unmarked vehicle is. And, you know, this this individual who was in plain clothes, oftentimes you see that uh, with, with detectives and, and guys that's working undercover. But just the rambunctiousness of, of the, the sheriff and his depiction of just how small he values life is disturbing. But then, as I said, equally important is the way that he just dismisses the emotional trauma of, of the deputy. And sadly, the deputy is going to have to work with, with other deputies who are going to see this as a sign of weakness. So I'm, I'm going to follow this story to see how it turns out. So again, you know, from a legal perspective, law enforcement perspective, uh, I don't, I don't uh, judge the, the preponderance of the evidence. You know, you got stop strips. You, you could have uh, shot the vehicles, tires. You could have done something other than, than do a fatal uh, uh, kill shot, you know. So, you know, this, this sheriff certainly, uh, he, he's doing the citizens a favor by not running for office again. And this is just another tragic situation, whether the person was black or white. You know, that, there's, no, that, there's no room in law enforcement community for those type of individuals. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So can we sneak one more in before we get out of here? Online radio at its best. Now to the latest on a Harris County juvenile judge under investigation after he reportedly released nearly all of the children that appeared before him the day after he lost re-election. Channel 2's Kathy Hernandez following this one for us and is joining us now live. Well, good morning. We did check and that judge is not in the courtroom today. That is all the court coordinator could tell us. She could also not say when he would return or if he would return. However, there is an associate judge that is taking over the hearings today on that docket. And on the day after he was defeated in a lecture, Republican juvenile court judge Glenn Devlin apparently allowed several kids charged with felonies to be released to wait for their next court date. According to an attorney in the courtroom, the judge first asked whether they were going to kill anyone. That attorney said Judge Devlin is known to be diligent and thorough, asking defense attorneys questions before deciding to release any defendant. The attorney we spoke with says he heard the judge say it's, quote, what the voters wanted. We did try to reach Judge Devlin yesterday, and we talked to his son-in-law, who actually told us that the judge was on vacation and wouldn't return until the end of the year. We did talk to an attorney today who was very emotional, didn't want to talk to us on camera, but suggested maybe the judge is just waiting for the next judge to take charge. Of course, we'll continue to follow this developing story. Reporting live in downtown Houston, Kathy Hernandez, KPRC, Channel 2 News. Online radio at its best. All right, Vanessa, I'll start with you since this, this is our hometown. What do you think about that? I mean, you know, hey, you know, asking, you know, these young men or young people, uh, okay, are you going to kill anybody? All right, you're free. I mean, so uh, your thoughts, please, on that whole situation. Wow. You know, don't kill me, Jay, but I didn't hear all of it because I was moving throughout the house. That's okay. Well, that's all right. That's all right. We'll, we'll swing around and uh, let uh, Johnny D. Yeah. Matter of fact, let me get your comments on it. Your thoughts, please. Uh, I think what this judge was suffering from was that that wave of African American females who swept the courts in Houston. Uh, clearly, this was <laughs> I'm gonna take my bottle and take my ball and go home situation. <laughs> uh, you know, reading up on the article, you know, this this, this judge was known to be heavy-handed. Uh, he, he had been appointed years ago uh, under the Republican regime, uh, was a, a staunch conservative, uh, supposedly hard on crime. And after he lost 
his bid for re-election. Then, of course, this is when he led, I think, uh, what, seven, seven juveniles who, who they said normally he would have kept those types yeah. of offenders in. So he has endangered the community. And if, in fact, any of those young individuals go out and commit a crime, then he should be charged with accessory. Oh, that's, uh, you know, that's, you know, I made a comment before a while back, Mr. Elias, about how if an attorney, uh, you know, deliberately withholds evidence that they know that would uh, convict their client or if they put someone in jail, if prosecutors put people in jail and it turns out that, that these people are innocent, that the prosecutor should be, you know, charged or something. And people, oh, you should do that. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, yeah, you should. I mean, you, you prosecute somebody, and the bottom line is, if they go to jail and they were innocent, then guess what? You didn't do your job. So what do you do? Oh, my bad. After someone spent, you know, all these years in prison. But just to get back to the story here, you know, the bottom line is, is that what Johnny D is saying. I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, the bottom line, this guy's going to let folks out, and he's just okay. I'm pissed. I lost the election. Uh, are you going to kill anybody? No, you're free. Are you going to kill anybody? No, you're free. I mean, come on, man. Your thoughts, please, Mr. Elias. Oh, I, I agree with Johnny D, but unfortunately, that's not, not the way it's going to work, you know? And uh, look, man, he's it, it, right. It's like 999, I lost, then this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to retaliate. I lost someone. I'm going to retaliate, and this is how I'm going to retaliate against you. You you should have you should have put me back in. So since you didn't put me back in, I'm gonna let people go. That's what he did. Instead of instead of him being a fair and an impartial judge, he didn't. He just said, "Look, I'm just gonna since you're not let me not be a judge more. This is what I'm gonna do to you. This is how I'm gonna handle it." Now, so he was what are you gonna doing do? Out of spite. He was doing out of spite. Yeah, you gonna kill anybody? Yeah. Nope, I'm well. not gonna kill. That's like that's like asking Charles Manson. Are you gonna kill somebody? Nope, I'm not gonna kill nobody. Okay, get on out, Charlie. You good, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Elias? Is, I love the eloquent term he used. Nine and a nine, nine. Okay, Jerome, man, your thoughts, please. Oh, Blue Jerome, he's here. Maybe it's Mike. Yeah, I thought I was talking. Right. Hey, I think no, the part missing is that they're saying, and I dis- I disagree because what we're missing is. He was extremely hard on everybody. So just because he's being being crazy now, he was also excessive. So that don't mean they, they were going to kill somebody. He was being – you know what happens when black people go to court? It's like, oh, uh, that guy stole pizza. It's like, we're going to give him three years. But now he stole pizza, and you're like, I'm going to let you go and come back on your own recognizance. Like, we have a tendency as black folks to think in extremes. Right. So we're like, oh, they may go out and kill somebody. We don't know why those kids was in juvenile. So from him, from him asking them, will you go out and kill somebody, makes us have the assumption that they were violent offenders. They probably weren't. See, he was just being extremist, and he was actually being inflammatory. And we fall for that bull all the time. And that's one of the things that disgusts me, that we can't even get a fair shake amongst ourselves, because even when racist people um, opt out of a system, we think that they're wrong enough. I can give a yeah. damn. I'm out of the system. <laughs> I like yeah. that term. I'm about to leave, and he needs to go kick rocks. <laughs> We're going to have some judges in there that is going to be a little bit more fair. Because we had a judge here who was a black judge, and the DA tried to get him disbarred because he didn't think he was hard enough on black people. So I want to tell you how racism works is that don't fall for this because that racist dude felt like he needs to take his ball and go home, that he's leaving people to prey on black people. That ain't what he did. 
what he did is he showed his butt on his way out because he was pissed at them black women probably all 24 of them or 23 22 of them that won in that state uh, or they won in Texas so yeah um, and what was it 19 in Houston itself so yep. there yeah. was something else going there that he wanted to opt out for but don't 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 look at this as you know we're letting more killers in our community that's just stupid that's crazy we can't continue to think like this man we have to be smarter can't do that well here's the deal this is the thing i've always said about judges and and you know and, and it's just amazing how one person has the power to do the things that they do we 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 put these people on pedestals we act as if you know that they're not human that they're above approach that's nonsense i mean look at judge Kavanaugh. you know when he came yeah. in and made that comment about the you know the clinton hit machine and all this nonsense these people are flawed as well and you know and so for us to give a person that kind of power you know if you see a picture of this guy. He looks like some type of former freaking slave owner. You know, are you going to go out and kill people? The bottom line is, do your dang old job. Look at the information. If this person deserves to be released, release him. If not, then stick him in jail. Do your dang old job. This is nonsense. We live in a crazy country in a crazy time. Be right back after this. Good boy. 
President Trump said today he is sticking by Saudi Arabia even after the CIA concluded the Saudi Crown Prince ordered the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, a U.S. resident. Welcome back in 347-850-1272 is our caller number 347-850-1272. You listen to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. And as always, it's time to say hello to some folks. Now, let me say this. Now, I've been getting hit up on the chat room. The chat room is open. I'm not sure why you guys can't get in. I, you know, I'm not technical support for BTR Radio. All I can do is extend my apologies. But as long as you can hear my voice should be good to go. All right, it's time to say good morning to our folks in the house. Let's say good morning to Vanessa. Good morning, Vanessa. Morning. <laughs> good morning. Vanessa. Oh, gosh, you're I'm crazy. sorry. I'm about... <laughs> you know what I do on Sunday mornings. I know what you do, sweetie. We'll just keep it to, we'll keep it to ourselves. No TMI this morning. Mm-hmm. All right, my main man, Mr. Johnny D is in the house. What's going on? How are you doing? Good morning. Doing well. Thank you. Smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome is in the house. What's going on, Jerome? How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? Just another day of paradise. No palm trees. The man who runs everything around here, Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Still, can we say hello to people, to some folks who can't get in the chat room because apparently people are having problems. But they I'm are sure there's somebody right there. Made their way in. There, there's not one person in here, not even a wow. guest. Wow, so there must be something must be something going on in there. Wow, really? Yeah. People are like, I can't get in, I can't get in. I'm not sure, folks. I apologize. Uh, you know, we don't control that. All we do is just show up and do a show. <laughs> so uh, my apologies. But you can always hang out on some of the social media websites. It's just too many to name. If you don't know by now, uh, maybe we'll post them somewhere. Maybe we'll go to the to, to the TGRS Radio uh, Network show, uh, show page on Facebook and list some of these sites where you can go and listen to the show as well. I know Mixcloud is one. Uh, Player FM is another one. Black Radio, Talk Radio. There's so many. But listen, we monitor those throughout the show and I want to say what's up to James I want to say what's up to Mikey what's happening to you uh May Obi did I say that correctly from Florida hey how you doing never heard that name before the pastor's in the house Cindy's up in this piece big black's in the house Uh oh big black you got you got me I usually don't say nicknames but but big black sounds so cool I had to say it big black is in the house good morning to you Lisa Kevin Stacy Reba people are in the house listening thank you so much for being a part of our show thank you for allowing us to be a part of the, your life on Saturday. I'm sorry, on Sunday morning. Speaking of which, it is time for our. Where, where's Mariana Music at? I'm, I'm missing Mariana Music. I don't know. You know she, she, well, she went to she went to Europe for a uh, shoot, and I we haven't heard from her, so I don't know where she is. Mariana, if you listen to check in, Mr. Elias is missing you. All right, it's time to bring in our director for social media outreach, the one and only Jackie is in the house. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing today? All right, Jackie, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Hello. All right, Jackie, tell people how they can stay in contact with the show uh, when we're not live. Okay, if you need any info about the TJRS Radio Network, please feel free to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups, 
twitter.com, instagram.com, slash TJRS Radio. Keep up with us. All right. Do what the lady says. I want to thank you guys, too, because I noticed an uptick in the numbers. Looks like we went up about 350 listeners uh, in the last week and a half, so that's good. Glad you guys are on board. Now, I know that what happens is people listen. You know, folks have their lives, and they listen when they can. So we appreciate you listening, whether it's on a Sunday morning or a Monday morning or a Tuesday afternoon or a Wednesday midday or a Thursday midnight or a Friday early evening. And, of course, on Saturday, at any given time, you can always listen to the show. I wanted to break out into a song, Ms. Elias, but, you know, I had to try to catch myself. <laughs> Once again, we appreciate you listening in 34785. I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we Thursday, so Friday, <laughs> Saturday, love. I know you couldn't hold Come it Come on, up, Johnny. You couldn't hold it. Come on, Johnny. You know what's happening. All right. I understand. <laughs> All right. 347 You can be a part of the program. We appreciate you tuning in, as always. Uh, right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Ten minutes after the hour, it's time to get into our last segment. You know, Trump this past week, uh, the CIA said that, guess what? The crown prince of Saudi Arabia ordered the murder of the Washington Post journalist. Uh, how do you pronounce that guy's name? Is it Oh, boy. I'm messing it up. I had it written here. Kishoki. There it is. Say it again, Mr. Elias. Khashoggi. Khashoggi, I got it. Khashoggi, you're right. So now they killed this guy. Now the Turkish government is saying that they have videotape and audio of this. We're hearing that Trump refuses to listen to the information. And so, you know, let's listen to what Donald Trump said about this situation, and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. President Trump said today he is sticking by Saudi Arabia even after the CIA concluded the Saudi crown prince ordered the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, a U.S. resident. Here's Weijia Jang. It's a very complex situation. It's a shame, but it's, it is what it is. That's how President Trump described the killing of Washington Post contributor Jamal Khashoggi just moments before taking off to spend Thanksgiving at his Florida resort. $3 billion. $533 million. The president said he will not scrap an arms deal with the Saudis or punish its crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. U.S. officials tell CBS News the CIA concluded bin Salman ordered the murder. But Mr. Trump suggested today they were not certain. The CIA has looked at it. They've studied it a lot. They have nothing definitive. Earlier, President Trump said in a statement, it could very well be that the crown prince had knowledge of this tragic event. Maybe he did and maybe he didn't, adding, in any case, our relationship is with the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Khashoggi entered the Saudi consulate in Istanbul on October 2nd and was never seen again. The Saudis have since admitted he was killed while inside. Despite the kingdom's role in the murder, the president defended his decision to maintain strong economic ties to Saudi Arabia. Because it's America first for me. It's all about America first. We're not going to give up hundreds of billions of dollars in orders and let Russia, China, and everybody else have them. It's a mean, nasty world out there. The Middle East in particular. Today, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo echoed the message. This is, long, by the way, this is a long historic commitment and one that is absolutely vital to America's national security. Congressional criticism of the administration was swift, with Republican Rand Paul 
saying the president's statement was Saudi Arabia first, not America first. And Democrat <clears throat> Mark Warner said it was a retreat from American leadership on issues like human rights. And late today, the Republican and Democratic leaders of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee sent a letter to President Trump demanding the administration address whether bin Salman is responsible for Khashoggi's death. Jeff? Online radio at its best. It's a sad state of affairs when the U.S. president uh, defends uh, what happened to this reporter. Let, let me start with you, Jerome. You know, the bottom line is, first of all, these numbers that you throwing out there. <laughs> well, Vanessa, let's start with you. you. You just want to jump right in. Go ahead, Vanessa. Let's start with you. Why don't we? I mean, I, I, you. I've been waiting on this one. Okay. What okay. It's all you. Every time something happens. What does every time something happens with one of the people who are padding his pocket, he always says, well, they say they didn't do it. They say they didn't, they didn't do it. We're not. I mean, Russia, he said he didn't do it. This maybe man right here, who goes to a meeting with some people who have a body saw to chop up a body? Why would you just happen to fly in and go to a meeting with a body saw, then call in a company who has given proof that they cleaned it up with a chemical, but there were signs of blood? Not only that, the Turkish government got it off the iCloud and has presented the recording of it happening. And the next thing is, this is the prince. Nothing happens over there that that prince doesn't know about or call in and say they're going to do it. Now, what I don't like about it is the men that he told to go and kill that man, chop him up, and get rid of his body, now he's saying that they're going to go and they're going to get crucified. I mean, um, they're going to kill them. They're going to get the death penalty. Something like 60 lies a day 
like it is amazing that everybody gets to like he'll say something and then we fact check him. I'm like, how many times you got to lie before somebody start listening to you? You know how this goes in black view. You go to somebody one time and they be like, I remember that time you lied about um, having some new <laughs> shoes and you didn't. Like they will, we will hold that over your head for life. <laughs> This food lies every day, and they fact-check them every day. And I'm like, um, something's wrong with us. So when you sit there and defending somebody who you know killed somebody and said, oh, yeah, that's a tape, but I don't want to listen to it. It sounds too brutal. But he probably did, and he probably didn't. <laughs> like, you still, you're in denial. Oh, and by the way, to my bigger point, people still think O.J. killed that woman. <laughs> they got more proof on this dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, for him not to listen to, but but for him not to listen to his uh, his intelligence community, Johnny D. I mean, come on, man. I mean, it's the same old song, you know. Maybe you know, Putin told me he didn't do it, and so you know, I'm gonna believe this lying ex KGB agent uh, versus over my own intelligence community. I mean, and you have these Republicans sitting in. Congress not doing a damn thing. I mean, what? I mean, where are we as a nation? I mean, what is this? Well, the the reality is that America has given up its its morality uh, influence across the the world. Uh, unfortunately, in Saudi Arabia, you know, they have got specific laws that if in fact, you you go against the the, the hierarchy, uh, then execution is, is is the penalty. Now, certainly not saying that this is right or wrong. Uh, Trump's denial uh, with the intelligence community is this isn't certainly isn't the first time, and it won't be the last time. Whatever is in his interest is where he seems to 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 gravitate to. Um, it, it is a, a, a interesting. Uh, Situation due to the fact that his defiance against the media should not should not be surprising. I mean, this 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 gentleman was part of the media, and we know Trump's disdain or the depiction of his disdain right. that he's garnished for the media. So, in any type of uh, understanding or any type of concern is is going to be thwarted. Now, he surprised me originally when he came out and and, and gave the impression. That he was going to speak harshly against uh, Saudi Arabia, but as the facts started to materialize, you could clearly tell his rejection of wanting to be involved in it stands clarity that the the prince of Saudi Arabia was part of it. Now, of course, Saudi Arabia has has been both ally and foe to America. You know, when you when you think back to 9/11, uh, the majority of those individuals who cast those planes into uh, the World Trade Building and the Pentagon and, and the one that crashed in Pennsylvania was Saudi national. So this is a country that, because of the, the, the monetary aspect of it, has been given some grace uh, even in, 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 as far back as uh, President Reagan and his era and moving forward. But no one is surprised that, that Donald Trump has disputed the intelligence community's um, uh, findings. But at the same time, again, this is another statement and depiction that he has defied the media and he cast them as an enemy to anyone who sees themselves as sovereign over all 
uh, government rule and, 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 and any type of theology. And Donald Trump truly believes that he is at that level now. So, you know, sad. Um, but, again, there are laws in the land that are pretty distinct in Saudi Arabia. And then Trump's overall defiance of the media, I think, is the reason why he's taking this, this once again, this low road and saying that uh, he disputes the uh, information. You know, Mr. Elias, I think there's more to it than that. I think that when you look at it, if you go back and look at some of his, his some of the things that he said on the campaign trail, uh, as far as, you know, the Saudis have purchased uh, floor space in his buildings. Um, you know, Saudi Arabia, like he mentioned on the campaign yeah. trail, buys a lot of toys from me. This guy is, listen, when it's all said and done, this guy's money is tied up into this whole thing. And before I get to you, Mr. Elias, you know, Jackie's still with us. Let me, I want to hear what she has to say about this as well. Jackie, you know, I really and truly believe that this guy has spent so much money uh, that the Saudis and Trump, they are in cahoots with each other. Because remember back when, uh, before President Obama left office, I thought that the crown prince visited the U.S. And usually, proper protocol is when a head of state enters the country that, you know, the White House is notified. And no one told the White House. This guy just came in and left. That usually doesn't happen. These guys have some type of diabolical scheme going on. And I'm telling you that the Mueller folks and all these guys are going to figure out what the heck's going on. What say you, Jackie? Oh, well, you're so right. I mean, the biggest lie he's telling is that he's for America. He got to be the biggest traitor to us possible. That's the bottom line. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start calling it 1600 Penitentiary Avenue because everybody that's tied up to him, that's where they're going. It's it's started already. I'm gonna start calling it 1600 Penitentiary Avenue. That's what I'm gonna start calling. It started already. That's a good one, I'm just waiting up for his. I'm just waiting. I'm I'm waiting for his turn though. Let's get to him. Get all these other two Let's get to him. Here's the deal now. It's interesting you say that because, you know, uh, a federal court threw out an injunction or a claim by the uh, Trump administration. What he's trying to do, Mr. Elias, he's trying to protect his children from prosecution. And uh-huh. so, you know, the bottom line is is that New York State is going to come get him. And these Trump kids are going – somebody's going to jail because what they're going to unmask is just a, just a history – of just doing dirty business. So maybe this is, you know, Johnny D talks about how God is really, you know, how the country's paying for the, the you know, how America rebuked uh, President Obama. But maybe in a way this works out. Maybe this is what, this is a necessary evil to deal with Trump because he's been doing this stuff for so many years in his adult life. So everybody is lining up to take a piece of this man. As soon as he leaves the White House, you know, I guarantee you, that they will investigate him until, you know, he can't take it no more. And I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't know if there's a law out there about this, but I'm pretty sure an ex-president can go to jail, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this could happen. So what say you, Mr. Yeah, anybody can go to jail. Yeah. Anybody right. can go to jail. There you go. All right. There's no well, law that says because you was president you can't go to jail. Really? <laughs> okay. That's why. Right, that's why correct. Nixon was pardoned by Ford. He pardoned him because they know that you can go to jail. 
That's why with the Mueller investigation, they're saying that they, they know that they are just stacking up information against Trump so that when he's out of office, they can still prosecute him. They know that this is coming down the pike. That's why it's important that the guy, that's why it's important that the guy who's there now, who's the acting FBI guy, they're trying to get as much information as they can to know what Trump, what Trump has to fight against. It's more important that they tell Trump's people what the evidence is because he's not going to win. So their problem is that he's going to be, um, they're going to be able to prosecute him once he's out. That's their defense. We can't try him while he's president, but after he's out, they can. Mr. Elias? How can they go going to jail? Well, my uh, my thought process is this. Um, he's not going to go after uh, any, any. I mean, this, this guy was a Muslim, too, so how does he feel about Muslims? He hates Muslims, so he's not going to go out, and he's not going to defend a Muslim, man. That, 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 would, that, would, that would tear his base apart. Secondly, I got to agree with Johnny D. Is, is it, he considers the, uh, the press enemies of the state. So, I mean, this guy has two strikes against him to start. So, the bottom line is, and plus this, hey, he's going to lie and say that, that they get so many billions and billions of dollars for, for weaponry. Right. They're gonna, they, and it, it wasn't even his deal. That's the part of it. I mean, this guy just takes. But he's exaggerating the takes, numbers, though, Johnny. I mean, he's yeah, exaggerating he the numbers. The, he's exaggerating the numbers. Those numbers are so far off. I mean, anyone who has access to a computer can go and, and validate this information. But there are people out there who will accept these numbers because they're coming from Trump. I don't understand how Americans can fall for this nonsense. Because even some of the most starch uh, uh, supporters of this man have said, well, you know, he lies. Well, if he lies, then why are you believing anything that comes out of his mouth? Well, you know what, Jay? I don't think it's the fact that they believe it. They just don't care. And, and right. what you're seeing now is the, the, the vast majority of your elected officials, that's Republican, have distanced themselves tremendously since the election. So they just waiting on this whole process to implode. You know, you got Papadopoulos who's going to be going to prison tomorrow. You know, you read articles and, and you hear some of his his closest his closest uh, constituents. You know, Alan Dershowitz been a Trump supporter for years, and even he's mentioning the fact that this investigation is not going not not going to fare well for the entire Trump candidacy. And then you know you. you, you you look at the daughter, and you look at the, the, the uh, with, with the email servers. You know, I, I I'm waiting to hear all of these nationalists say lock her up. You know, because the same thing that he he assassinated Hillary Clinton with, his daughter is continuously doing. He's continuously on on, on unsecured phone lines. So this implosion is going to come, and at at some point you're going to start seeing his immediate family start to fall. The Republicans. Clearly, it's more it's more about you know th- them being elected, staying in office, being able to make those money moves just like uh, Ju- Giuliani did. I mean, Giuliani has, has has reaped the benefit of public office when he was the mayor of New York, on to the time that that, that he's been involved in the politics. So, you know, th- these guys are hypocritical at best. And when the Trump era is over with. Then they'll all have to, to to have some type of reconciliation with not only their constituents but themselves. 
you know, Jerome, when we say the Trump era is over with, I mean, you know, I think we made predictions on this show a few months back. Well, let me say last year, I think, how long this man's going to be in office. Let me ask you again, because I want to take a temperature check. Do you think he's going to make his full term? Because I'm hearing that the Mueller investigation, you know, it's going, it's not going to be over until, you know, possibly late 2019. So do you still think this man is going to serve a full term in, in office, or do you think he's going to be impeached? Um, well, he's definitely going to get impeached in the House before then, but he won't be removed from office until um, they started to run up, like almost a year before the next election. So I think they'll be hesitant on doing it anyway. It wouldn't be smart, because now he's going to be already tainted from being impeached in one in one branch. And then the um, fallout from that is going to put out all of this information that we don't know, you know, Mike Pence involvement, you know, we're going to know all of that around that time. So once we go into the next political season, I don't think that, I mean, and we're only a year from that, so I think he's just going to wig out. Unless they have to remove him, they're not going to do it. But he can possibly start trying to burn down the house when his kids get indicted. So I, I doubt it because of the way that process is, but I think he will get impeached in the house. He's going to have to okay. do something really to get removed from office. Uh, Mr. Elias, who do you think is going to get charged first amongst the Trump children? Don Jr., Ivanka, Junior. I say Junior. Junior's going to be. Law. It, I, nah, <laughs> Junior. Yeah, Kushner's, oh. Kushner's right. You're right. <laughs> I forgot about him. That's that's how the three chiefs go first. I do because he's admitted to too much wrongdoing. I think Mueller's got him. Got him by the short and curlies, man. I think they're gonna grab him. I think they're gonna grab him real quick. And you know, Trump Jr. Or, or uh, the son-in-law, Junior. I think Junior's gonna go first because you know, some he's admitted to all kind of wrongdoings, man. Sure did. I mean, <laughs> he's just, just like, well, yeah, 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 I did that, but that that wasn't that what that was for. You're lying. <laughs> they're gonna get him. They're, they're going to get him. And I, I, on the side note, I, I hope I hope Trump serves out his full term. I really yeah. do. Because Pence is much worse than um, than Trump will ever be, man. And people don't realize that. Pence is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Amorosa said. What about you, Johnny D? You think uh, who, which one of the Trump you know, children will go down first, in your opinion? I think it will be uh, Junior. And I don't think it's going to be one of those scenarios where we're going to have to wait too long before the preponderance of the evidence comes. Uh, I, I have to agree with, with everyone with, with uh, Pence, but I do think that in, in the big scheme of things, that may be the Republicans' uh, stance in regards to why they're not trying to to just disembowel themselves from Donald Trump because they understand at some point they're going to need that 33% of, of Americans who are going to go conservative regardless of the fact. But I do think that towards, I think he'll make term, but I would not be surprised if, if they don't look at towards the end of, of, of his four year, either getting him to resign so Pitts can be on the ticket or completely doing something that will arrange the ticket where Mike Pence, because Mike Pence doesn't have a voice, and a person like a Mitch McConnell can probably rule him pretty steadfastly, but uh, I, I do think that he will make terms. Got it. What about you, Jerome? Which kid goes first? Well, it is... Um, I don't know. I, I think it's Junior, probably. Um, 
But, okay. you know, I, I do want to say this about um, about the process is that what we're looking at, and you have to kind of look at it from a, I'm looking at it from a political perspective, is that, yes, the, the Republicans will be good to stay quiet, but the, the Republicans got beat bad. You know, the, the amount of votes that the Republicans actually lost um, by in this last election was almost 9 million people voted Democrat than voted Republican this year, right? So how do you get that back? Like that, that 33% don't even exist for them. That's just a polling number. Really, the country is 9 million more Democrat votes than Republican. They got a real problem. And Pence can't help that. Um, shoot, Newt Gingrich can't help it. There is no way that you can make that party uh, margin. You cannot make them whole again. They're going to have to do something totally off the grid. And it's not the Democrats' issues and people saying who they're going to run and all that. It's not that. The problem is that once Donald Trump Jr. gets um, indicted and then they go after uh, Ivanka, those guys are going to be in New York State. So he can get rid of Mueller all he wants to, but that's under the Trump Foundation stuff. And then Kirshner stuff is in New York State as well. So once they start going, he's going to wig out. All what the people who are I'm trying to cover him, they are going to get exposed. So Pence, who's covering him, is going to get exposed. Um, ben Carson ain't say a word, bless that kid. But he might be the only one. <laughs> wow. He, he is kind of quiet. <laughs> ben who? <laughs> He knows who they blame first in these kind of situations. It was Ben Carson. <laughs> the brother, first one that dies. Got it. But, but, but I need Jerome to back up. What's the deal with Ivanka? What did you say? What's the Why deal do you with think what? They're gonna go after Ivanka before they go after after her husband. Her husband is tied in with all his parents stuff that's going on over there. No, no. She she's tied up in the Trump Foundation stuff and how they were filtering money. They were using right. um, yeah. the campaign to put stuff in the Trump Foundation, and her name and Donald Trump Jr.'s is on the board of directors. He left it to his kids. So they started filtering their money through the Trump Foundation. So New York State yeah. has that, and they're going to get them for that. Because minimally, they know that they misuse campaign finance or campaign funds inside of the Trump Foundation, and she signed off on it. Mm. So she's going yeah. for that, let alone the fact that you know, if she put any kind of, she's been doing personal business over her personal email, you know, and they're talking about this. 2016, Hillary Clinton was the most covered, the email story was the most covered in the New mm-hmm. York Times, Washington Post, USA Today, out of all news outlets, the Hillary Clinton email story was. Ivanka's email, email story, when they released what she was saying on those emails, that is going to be a whole nother story. Although the Democrats yeah. don't do what Republicans do, and they won't cover it, Ivanka's in a bunch of trouble because they're making money off really? of that. She's half a government employee when she wants to be, meeting with foreign leaders, and then she goes back and makes money from the same people. New York State is yeah. prosecuting her for that kind of stuff. <clears throat> that is not Mueller. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're right about that. It's a situation where that's going to happen, and the bottom line is that it's interesting. They contacted a board member of the Trump Foundation. The last time the board met was in the 1990s, and when they contacted the guy, the guy was like, oh, really? I didn't realize I was still a member of the board, so there you go. (laughs) All right, coming up next, Chatterbox. (laughs) 
<laughs> and on the need to know basis, you're listening to the serious side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. The search for more victims of the Northern California wildfire that destroyed the town of Paradise is resuming today. Forecasters say searchers have a couple more days of dry weather after rain last week. Help firefighters nearly contain the blaze. A NASA probe is scheduled to land on Mars tomorrow. NPR show Palco reports the latest visitor to the Red Planet will not be moving from its landing site once it arrives. NASA's last three probes to land on Mars were all six-wheeled rovers. The new mission, called InSight, will touch down and stay put. Its mission is to study the interior of the planet. But before it can start its mission, it needs to go through a harrowing landing sequence. In six and a half minutes, it has to go from 12,300 miles per hour to a dead stop on the planet's surface. That's done first with a heat shield, then a parachute, then 12 small rockets. The landing site is near the Martian equator, a region known as Elysium Panisia. From its landing spot, InSight is designed to spend two years studying Mars quakes, the Martian equivalent of earthquakes. Joe Palka, NPR News. Heavy snow in Colorado this weekend led to a 20-car pileup west of Denver. The multi-car accident was just one of the crashes and spin-outs that led authorities to temporarily close an eastbound section on the Interstate 70 Mountain Corridor near Frisco. Bailey Cox was among those stranded at at an emergency shelter. She says she was rear-ended when she had to hit her brakes to avoid another vehicle. There was a hazmat truck that was jackknifed in the middle of the road and people were just trying to break and they were flying kind of everywhere. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News from Washington. Back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call in number. It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world famous chat room and from social media. And since we're having uh, chat room issues, I imagine that there are no comments in the chat room. Am I correct, Mr. Elias? <laughs> you would be very correct in saying that. But that's okay because we have plenty of social media. I'm telling you, folks, get out there on some of these other sites. I'm pretty sure that. Uh, you can participate as well. But let me get to some of the comments that I have. Let's start with the pastor. Pastor Stephen Jones, Richmond, Texas. Jay, I know how, Jay, I like how you use the term a necessary evil. This guy is going down. I'm dropping the mic. Well, go ahead, Pastor, drop that mic. Mariana Music checked in. She said, hey, y'all, just finished the shoot. Jay, I will send photos. Y'all know I love my boys, especially Mr. Esprit. Really? Okay. All right. Uh, Mitch. Segment. Shit, uh, She's geez. a segment creator. <laughs> she needs to stop that nonsense. Mitch. She did. From uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, whatever. I agree with Jay. I agree with you, Jay. Trump and the Saudis are in cahoots, and it's just a matter of time before Trump's house of cards will come tumbling down. Agree on that. Stephen from Gary, Indiana. Great show as always. FYI, you guys are not allowed to take a weekend off. The community needs outlets like the serious side is a voice for the community. Hey, here's one from Lita, Chicago. What's up, girl? You bet, you bet not be all in Vanessa's face. LOL. That came to me on my personal cell phone, Lita. Okay, thank you very, very, very much. You guys know what time it is. Five, four, three. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me what you want me to do. Allegedly 
said it's time for On a Need to Know Basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Spree. Jerome, man, what do you have on the docket for us this morning? All right, before I start, I want to shout out to Vanessa. She never gave me the idea that I should give out Jay's personal phone number every time he says something on this show. But you're going to start getting texts all over the place. Shout out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you got something to say, we'll give you directly Jay. Uh, I'm sorry. All right. You're a hater, sir. <laughs> Um, Democrats increased their overall total votes in this year's election. Election is 8.9 million more Democratic votes than Republicans. It's the largest total ever recorded. And a Democrat latest count for congressional seats increased to 39. They have one more outstanding race, and a Democrat is leading in California. So they can make it 40. This is not just a regular beatdown. It's not a way... They're, they're getting trashed. It's a tsunami. It's a tsunami. It is, it is Call it what it is. <laughs> ben McAdams um, has flipped the U.S. House seat in the deep red Utah, and he defeated um, Mia Love by fewer than 700 votes in a race that took no love. two weeks to settle. Yes. <laughs> What'd you say? Because Mia Love didn't show Trump any love. That's yeah, that's to Trump. No, no, because Mia Love showed Trump love. He he always twist, <laughs> he can twist it on you. Anybody who showed Trump love got smoked this time around. So they, yeah. they might want to repeat um, Trump love. You know. Yep. Ask Manafort and Cohen about Trump love. I just want to throw that out there. Exactly. Love that much if you want to. All right. So oh, the Dow the Dow Jones index is down for the year. After a massive yep. tax cut given by Republicans had more than a trillion dollars to the deficit, we are back. We lost all of the gains that we had yep. over the whole year, over the last two weeks. So, yep. it's the economy Get stupid. I hate when people say that. But the economy is Obama's economy. And the stuff that Trump did to increase the economy just backfired. You added trillions to the budget, and now you have no gains to show for it on the market. Stop, stop listening to a lot. Stop listening to the liar. Now, there you a federal judge, yep, a federal judge who was appointed by Obama struck down Mississippi's law that banned most abortions after 15 weeks, after the state's only clinic sued. So, you know, they, you know what they did in Mississippi. Speaking of Mississippi elections, that um, they people started going to other states for any kind of you know clinical needs because if they had an abortion in the um, if that a clinic had, you know, provided any kind of abortions, they starved out those clinics. So they only had one. That clinic sued and won. Mm. So don't know if that's going to go to the Supreme Court, but they won anyway. Now, former president and, and president of everybody, President Barack Obama hinted that Trump, Trump has mommy issues. <laughs> he said they're a part of what makes them incapable of fixing the nation's problems. So President Obama told an audience at a talk at the Obama Foundation Summit held in Chicago on Monday that the world badly needs a remaking. And he insists fixing issues around climate change, education, agriculture, and so on are not nearly complicated as they're made out to be. Without mentioning Trump's name, he said, the reason we don't have it is because we're still confused 
blind, shrouded in hate, anger, racism, and mommy issues. Wow. Hey, you could throw um, Ryan in there too. Did he say mommy issues? He said mommy that what issues. He said? <laughs> you know, Trump, Trump claimed that he is what he is because of his mama, and I'm gonna I'm gonna um, loosely quote um, "Coming to America." If your mama got problems, you got problems. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Trump just blames it on his mama. So there you go. So now you got mommy issues too. And they really need to have that baby Trump thing circulate on the internet, and people should wear baby Trump um, stickers. I think that'd piss really? off a little bit. Oh, that would. Uh-huh. Now, the Pentagon said that using thousands of U.S. troops to shore up the border against migrant caravans will cost $210 million in what the mm. Democrats are calling a charade. So about 2,800 of active duty troops are in South Texas um, and they, they're supposed to be heading off a caravan that's um, coming from Tijuana, Mexico into California. So the troops are in Texas, but the caravan is going towards Tijuana, Mexico. And we're spending $110 million. Yeah, we waste money all the time, man. Yes. On the military. Yes, it really truly yeah. is nonsense. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Wow. They're like we're putting we're putting up on Bob wire. It's like you're gonna stop. You're gonna have a lot of cut coyotes out there. Like <laughs> 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 you can't. This animal that you gonna be trapped in that Bob wire. She got to be putting up Bob wires to have something to do. Hey, they need to take that bull down. So just wanted to say because you know a part of our border is it's just it's wildlife. You know it's our Canadian border. Um, a friend of mine who I used to work with, um, his grandmother's house. On both sides of the Canadian, it's on the Canadian side and the U.S. side. There, he's native, so they own land on both sides. And he said, you know, when we were little, you know, if somebody skipped school, the truant officer couldn't chase you across the border. So we just go over to my grandmother's house, sit on the fence, and look at him. Wow. Right? There's, there, we don't have like walls around our our country. That's just stupid. We might as well put a border wall around the ocean too while we're at it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Now, a white Kansas official who shot a black planner by saying that he was a part of the master race, he resigned. So Lewis Clint told the city planner that they were a part of the master race during a development development meeting in Leavenworth County, Kansas, last Tuesday. He finally resigned. Wow. He was in a meeting that we're finally? part of the master Yeah. Finally resigned? Not- oh. Yeah, yeah. He, he he didn't get fired. He resigned again. Okay. Now, um, a middle-aged white man who allegedly pulled a gun on... He didn't allegedly. There's video. He pulled a gun on him. I'm going to say that for for um, show purposes. He allegedly pulled a gun on a group of black Muslim teens in a McDonald's in southwest uh, Minneapolis. Um, his name is Lloyd Edward Johnson. I don't know why they always have to have three names, but... Um, he's 55. He was arrested on Wednesday for second-degree assault after a video of a confrontation was posted on Twitter. So the cell phone footage shows Johnson brandishing a weapon um, in the confrontation with four teens, three whom were black. Now, so moments after, the store manager comes out to the black kids uh, and says, y'all need to leave. So the gunman goes outside, and the manager of McDonald's tries to kick them out. So... Uh, Passerby, 
who was a white man, cursed out and yelled at the manager to make them stay. He's like, why are you going to send them out there with somebody who just threatened them with a gun? So, again, wow. that guy stepped up. But McDonald's are, you're going to see a statement come out of McDonald's in a, meet, in a minute for this. But they were going to Good. send them out. The manager and another worker tried to kick the black kids out. And they were both, they were all white, mind you. They tried to kick the black kids out because the white man showed a gun to the black kids. And by the way, the kids were trying to use Apple Pay, um, that machine, and it wasn't working. So McDonald's couldn't figure out how it worked. And the white guy said, oh, y'all must be trying to use your EBT cards or food stamps or something. Oh, so my God. He started what? the whole conversation, oh. and the manager tried to kick the black kids out. That was fighting yeah. words. Fight, let's fight about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight them for that. If, if I had food stamps and you got mad, I'd be like, they spin just like them things that you that you got in your pocket. Forget that. Really? Now, well, you know, the, 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 honestly, it's more whites on 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 food stamps than it is black. So, and that's the point. That's, that's yeah. the point. Well, white they, people on Medicaid than food stamps. Yes, mm. but but we're talking about seventy something percent of white folks are on that. Like, uh, the program is 70-something percent of white folks. So we just get blamed because the percentage of black folks is like, oh, they're the only people who are put in the news for getting social services. Mm-hmm. But they're cutting off their nose to spike their face. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a black FedEx driver will not be charged after he fatally punched a white man who hurled the N-word and other racial insults at him. So prosecutors and um Monmouth County in Oregon said that there was no indication that he intended to kill um, the guy after their September 26th altercation in Portland, Oregon. So the white guy comes up in true Trump fashion, starts yelling at the black dude. Black dude punched him. He hits the head head on the ground. He dies. And finally, the black guy didn't get charged for for something that wasn't even um, instigated by him. But he didn't get charged. Oh, that's uh-huh. that's that's unbelievable. That is, I'm glad, yeah, you un- did, but I'm, that's unbelievable. Usually yeah, they charge you know, in a heartbeat. Yeah, you know Portland, Oregon is um, really bad for white supremacy. And in, in, in Northwest state, Washington, Seattle, and all those areas, they're really, really bad. So we, I wouldn't doubt that the prosecutors acted like the other case, where, you know. They're saying, oh, police can shoot somebody, and I'm glad we killed them, like that sheriff did. In places like that, I would get a little worried. Now, according to Palm Beach County records, the estate of Jerome Barson and tennis pro Venus Williams reached an agreement for undisclosed amount in a wrongful death lawsuit last week. Now, the Mm. 78-year-old died after his sedan uh, after the sand, his wife was driving, T-boned Venus. Now, again, the car hit Venus, and Venus has to settle to give them money. They hit Venus. Yeah, they said she wasn't at fault for that. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Right. It's because the police initially blamed Williams for the crash, and then it was on video. So when they pulled out the video, they later determined that both drivers had the right-of-way. So if they both were in the right, Venus' light was green, Right. And as she goes to the light, the car sped on the other side of the street and hit Venus on her passenger side. But Venus has to pay in a wrongful death suit. She settles out of court. 
Something is wrong. You know, th- th- that may be that a situation, is. Jerome. She just want to get past it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? Hey, okay, give her some money. I just want to get, get away with this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because really I mean, they, they said she wasn't at fault. They came back and said, nope, she's not at fault. But wow, no, this, no. Is, this is news. Wow. No, they determined that both drivers had the right away. If she had a green light, how do you determine that both of them had the right to go? If you, the, the video is online. So if you want to Google that, yeah. you can watch. Her light turns green. She drives across a three lane highway, or yes, yeah, three lanes. And then by the time she gets on the second part of the three lanes, a car speeds through and hits her. So why do both of them have the right-of-way? Yeah, it I don't took know. her at least about 40 yards before that car hit her. So, <clears throat> and it hit her. So anyway, I wouldn't have settled, and we need to stand up to this. I know we don't like to go to court and all of that other stuff, but the official police report says that they both had the right-of-way. And that cannot be possible. You know what? The people court would have not been talking about in about thirty-five, uh, well, probably about five, ten minutes. They would have went to commercial and brought another case home. <laughs> They'd have like go home. <laughs> <laughs> this, Judge Wapner, huh? He got got it squared away <laughs> real fast. All yeah, right. yeah. Right, we have time for two more, sir. Yeah, All right. Two more. So, okay. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll do the discuss. I wasn't going to do this, but some girl this. Girlfriend of some guy killed her lover, cooked his remains, and served them with rice to workers at her job. Oh, what? So a Moroccan oh, woman. My <laughs> See, don't laugh at that. Oh my god! <laughs> what a sad story. Wow. She was in the United Arab Emirates. Never Emirate. eat what these people bring to work. Never eat what people bring to work. Hey, that's why we don't eat what they bring to work. You're like, where's your mm. boyfriend? So here's what happened. <laughs> they said their boyfriend wow. planned to marry someone else in their homeland, is what prosecutors said. And so she killed them and cooked them up and served them with rice, like a like a shrimp fried rice, but just a little bit different. Oh my god! Oh my god. Yeah. I'm starting to get sick, man. Wow. Hey. Wow. I'm just saying. I, I'm I'm just saying. All right. So I can't you leave you on that. Yeah, please. One more. Oh, my God. That was horrible. Well, I was going to leave you with another bad one, but I guess I can't. Yeah, no, just one more, Jerome, and that's enough from you today because you were really, uh, you really <laughs> outdid yourself on that one. Jesus. Wow. Um, um, actually, you know what? We might have to end on that. No, I'm going to have to give you another one. This, this yeah, one. Um, okay. So, a football. Uh, Lord, that one's bad, too. Never mind. I, got, I have a bunch of bad news. Let me give you... Oh, man, go ahead, go ahead with that one. Go ahead with that one. Come on, Jerome. Let's get it on. <laughs> no, I'm going to give him a, a vaping story. Okay, so... <laughs> since vaping is the new cool thing amongst teens, despite public health concerns, George Washington University has a study that says that U.S. youth are moving, aren't moving to cigarettes. So they kept saying that it is just a gateway to cigarettes. They're saying teens who are vaping are not smoking cigarettes. So there's a little good news and your concern of gateway smoking. Mm. Or we can right. do another we'll fried that. rice story. No, 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 we're fine. Thank you. Thank you, Jerome. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That was great. That was great, man. Appreciate you. And that's this week's edition of <laughs> On a Need to Know Faces with the, my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Thank you very much. Oh, boy. All right, folks. <laughs> Glad to be back. It's time for our final thoughts. Ladies are first around here on the serious side. Vanessa Mae Belly. Final thoughts. It 
has I didn't go to church today. Bad, shame on me. But I'm sorry, I was moving around. I was getting my husband ready for church. It has been a pleasure, and I am thankful for everybody on this program that you guys allow me to come on periodically and express myself. I love you guys if I'm not on the radio because y'all are my boys. I just want y'all to know that. Um, sometimes I'm thankful for y'all. That's what I wanted to say. And my birthday's next week, so I expect to get a text message and lunch from you, Jay. You got okay. it. You got it. <laughs> what, about, what about a lunch from me, Vanessa? I know. But when are you coming to Houston? Yes, I'll be there next week. We got the next one. We got the next. Yeah. When is your birthday, Vanessa? Next Friday. Next Friday. Next Friday. Nope, I won't be there then. I'll be the week after that. It would be good. We're going to eat seafood. Okay. (laughs) Week week after that. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. All right, all right, great job, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for planning Love your you, birthday Jay. agenda live on the air. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> all right, final thoughts, Mister Johnny D. I'll be there soon. <laughs> oh, look, here this guy comes in. All right, Johnny D. Final thoughts. <laughs> guys are nuts. Jeez. Who's that? I guess because Johnny I guess D. Because of the distance, I, I guess because of the distance, I won't be able to make it to to the party. But I do wish, wish you well on your birthday, Vanessa. Uh, I, I, I will be hunkering down on the East Coast, but uh, once again, just just grateful for the opportunity to be a part of this broadcast. I learn something each week, and hopefully, uh, well, matter of fact, it ain't no hopefully. I know that. The listeners uh, certainly appreciate it. And, and Jay, uh, like I say, man, this venue, this has always been a vision of yours for the 30-plus years that I've known you. Love you, brother. Look forward to seeing you soon. Oh, man, you know, back at your brother Ditto. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome, is free man, final thoughts. Hey, you know what? I want to take my time to say happy birthday to Vanessa, just in case she's not here next Sunday. And uh, we missed her birthday for Friday. Happy birthday, Vanessa. And um, put me on put me on the list. Um, you'll have another uh, luncheon with me whenever I'm in town. Everybody else, okay. have a good weekend and have a good week. All is well. Don't let Trump um, spoil your day because it's going to be funny when he gets indicted. So <laughs> peace out. Have a good week. <laughs> and the man who gets the first and last word around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, man, final thoughts. Look, folks, uh, it's with Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family, man. That, that's the most important thing is family, man. You know, something that I went enjoyed my family. I had a great time. And I did, a, you know, did my three-state thing. And I was, all, I was in Kentucky, Ohio, and Indiana. So let's do your thing. Get out and vote, folks, because if you don't get out and vote, you won't have a voice. And let me say goodbye to the people that's listening live. We're gone in 10 seconds. Thank you so much. See you next week. But now it's time for our final thoughts, my final thoughts. I just want to say thank you so much to my mother. My mother came and visited me over the Thanksgiving holidays. And, you know, and it was something that was I, – I needed it. I mean, it was uh, – she came right on time. A mother knows uh, when she needs to be there for their, for, for their children. And no matter how old and stinky and fat and musty their kids get, you're going to always be mama's little boy or girl. So don't worry about that. Mama will always be there for you. And I also want to say a very special shout-out to Lita. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you so much for being that uh, ear that I talk to every now and then. God bless you. God bless your family. And, uh, hey, listen, here's to seeing you here real soon. Mr. L.E.S., If it's Sunday, 
If we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the day. Wow. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. And like my main man Jerome says, have a great work week, and we'll see you back here next Sunday. So for Johnny D, for Vanessa May Belly, for the Macindelli, for my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rouse saying have a great work week once again. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. See you Sunday, folks. God bless. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Network.